Hi, you're listening to Taming the Terminal, Part 30 of N, SSHing More Securely. This series of discussions is based on a collection of tutorials written by Bart Bouchatz over at bartb.ie slash ttt. This originally aired as part of NoSilicast episode 516, hosted at podfeed.com. I'm Allison Sheridan, host of the NoSilicast podcast, and the other voice you're about to hear is Bart Bouchatz of bartb.ie. So now we can get into... More taming terminal, terminal taming. All so right. part 30 of N, and I've now discovered SSH is going to be four parts. Oh, jeez. <laughs> okay. Right. Well, no, I wasn't sure how many I was going to break into, but it's clear now. So okay. what we did last time was the basics. Running a command remotely or getting a remote shell, which is useful and very good. Today, we're going to do exactly the same thing, but in a more secure way. Then the next week, we're going to, instead of sending commands through SSH, we're going to send files through SSH. So in other words, what? securely transfer files, hmm. which is a very important thing to be able to do. And then the week after, we're going to securely send anything. Hmm. So we're going to use, it's called SSH tunneling. And it's a way of getting the same security as a VPN with more effort, but without okay. a VPN. <laughs> okay. Right? Okay. So it may be a more appropriate solution in some cases. It, it's very cool. So that's how it's going to break out. So today we're going to do, basically we're going to connect over SSH, but instead of using a password, we're going to use keys. And we're going to do something very unusual in the, in the IT world. We're going to make something that is more secure and more convenient. That's not possible. You get one or the other, Bart. Usually that's true. Today we're going to break the space-time continuum or something. We're actually going to manage to do both because SSH rocks. Okay. So what we're going to do is SSH key authentication. And this whole thing revolves around public-private key cryptography. And so I thought we might start with just a little primer on that. I know we've talked about it before when we've talked about the PKI, but I just thought we might do a little refresher first. Yeah, I think that's in order. <laughs> I okay, don't know about so, the rest of them, but I can, uh, as I was telling Bart, I didn't know how to use my Starbucks card this morning is how dopey <laughs> I am. So <laughs> a little refresher would help. So in normal encryption, we have some sort of encryption algorithm that takes some plain text, runs it based on some sort of key, and mushes out some encrypted text. Mm -hmm. And with symmetric encryption, you have one key, so you take your data, you encrypt it with this key, you get out garbage, you take the same key, and you get back what you started with. So it's symmetric, right? One, one password, one key. Same key makes it be encrypted, and then the same key makes it be decrypted. That's symmetric encryption. If I sent you a zip file with a password on it, that's symmetric encryption. I use that password to encrypt. Use the same password to decrypt. And that's what we use most of the time. There is also something called asymmetric encryption, where you don't have a key, you have a key pair. And whatever you encrypt with key number one can only be decrypted with key number two. And whatever you encrypt with number two can only be decrypted with number one. In other words, either of them can encrypt, but you have to decrypt with its opposite number. That's actually the clearest explanation I've heard you give of that. That makes... That's, okay. Is that the same as the public-private key encryption? Okay, is that, that just is a exactly the same of... as... That's a superset of public-private key. So public-private key, we then take that key pair, and we arbitrarily say at the point of creation, you here, key number one, you're private. You here, key number two, you're public. The, uh, that's the only difference, is that we just decide arbitrarily, pick one, I'm going to keep you a secret forever, and I'm going to tell you to the world. And that's, that's all there is to it. So they behave like they, they are just an asymmetric key pair, and we just decide to label one private 
and one public. Now, the reason this is important is if I give you my public key and you want to prove that I am me, you would take some random number, encrypt it with my public key, and then the only person on the planet who could read that number back to you would be me because I'm the only person with my private key. Right. Okay. So that's how we use asymmetric encryption as a form of authentication. Right? I have, you have authenticated me by, being, by me being able to decrypt something you encrypted with my public key. And we can use that as the basis for connecting very securely over SSH, which is what we're going to talk about for this whole segment. Okay. So SSH supports many different ways of, of verifying who you are. And we're not going to look at them all. We're just going to, we already saw one last week. So last week when you connected as, so we, we were some user on our computer. We typed the command SSH to go to some user on some other computer. It was username at computer. So we were specifying two things. And then we were asked for a password. And the password we were asked for wasn't our password on our computer. It was the password for that username on the computer we were going to. Right. Yes? Right. Uh, that's sort of the default way SSH authenticates you. We're going to not do that. We're going to SSH without having to know that remote password. We're going to use keys what? for it instead. Okay. However, it, re- it, reply- it requires the person who owns the computer we're going to, which may be us, in which case we just ask ourselves to do it. But basically, we give our public key to the person whose computer we want to connect to and say, will you grant that key access? Hmm. Okay. And then we can connect without knowing the password. Let's walk through it. So in order to play along at home, you're going to need two computers again, just like we did last time, one to connect to and one to connect from. And just, it doesn't matter which way around you pick it, but just make sure you don't change halfway through or it's all going to get very confusing. Okay. So the first step to doing public-private key cryptography is to have a public and a private key. So the first thing we're going to do is use the SSH keygen command we just saw a minute ago to generate a key. And that's its more usual function is to make keys. And the command is very straightforward. SSH minus keygen space minus T space or SA. You hit enter. And then it will ask you for a password. And I'm going to tell you that you are allowed to put in a blank one. But I don't want you to. Okay. This password is going to be the password that protects your private key. So if someone steals your private key, it's useless to them unless they also know the password that matches the key. So if we want to do this as securely as possible, we should give that key a password. It can be anything. It doesn't have to be a password you use on the, on the computer. It can be anything you like. In fact, I think it calls it a passphrase to suggest you make a long one. But bear in mind that you have to remember it because if you forget it, the key pair is useless. Which is a good thing because if someone steals your key pair, if they don't know it, the key pair is useless. I'm lost. <laughs> lost, okay. Uh, so I thought the whole key pair was the... the Security. Why do you have to have a password on a security thing? What? Because otherwise, okay, so a key is just some numbers, right? So it's just a file on your computer. What if someone just takes that file? They, they can now be you. But if you password protect that file, they can't be you. It's okay. two-factor off. Okay. Work with me for now, and hopefully it will become clear as we go okay, through. Okay, because you said, and it's real simple, SSHS, keychain-trsa. Okay, so now it's going to ask you for a what? password. Okay, I don't know what any of that means. SSH dash key gen space, space dash T space RSA. 
I don't know what I just told it to do. You're asking it to make you an RSA key. RSA is an acronym that sounds... Generate a key. Okay. Using the RSA algorithm. And I talked over you telling... Sorry, we must be having some lag. I talked over you saying what RSA stands for. I don't remember what the acronym is. It is a it is a cryptographic. It's a form of cryptography that's better than the old one, which is called DSA. Okay. All right. So it just said enter file in which to save the key. What? Shouldn't be asking you that. Well, Why did it ask you something it didn't ask me. Generating public slash private RSA key pair. Enter file. Oh, you may have in to hit which... enter to get the default. Is it? No. But it oh, does... sorry. Okay, you do have to hit enter to accept the defaults. My apologies. I need so to. So it write says it user slash user slash Allison slash dot ssh slash id underscore rsa. Okay, so basically you can accept that default and just hit enter. Okay, I'm never going to be I'll, able to I'll see update. this file though because it's in a dot ssh folder. Ah, we directory. have the terminal, Allison. We can do that. Okay. All right. Enter pass phrase. Okay. So anything you like, not nothing, and just remember it. Okay. All right. Enter it again. It will now show you a horrible big key signature that's a whole bunch of hexadecimal stuff separated by colons and a pretty picture. Yeah, it did. Okay. The pretty picture is a really cool idea that computer scientists had. Imagine I gave you two of those big horrible signatures to check one against the other. It would be very annoying, and it would take you a while to make sure they were exactly the same all the way through. Okay. Human beings will spot a difference in the ASCII art instantly. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so it's ASCII art looks kind of like a heart, sort of, maybe. Well, everyone's will be different, right? Little so that box. Is, and, okay. Th- that picture is your key. Oh, interesting. And it's called random art. Picture. It's random art. It's a really cool idea. So you can compare two keys really quickly as a human being. It's hmm. a cool feature. Anyway. Oh, because it wouldn't have one digit different. You're saying it would just look completely different. Yeah, well, imagine you had those two, those two, those two big, you see the big hexadecimal string that says your key right. signature is this. Right. If one of those was just a little bit different, 20 characters in, we'd never notice. But the picture would be different enough that we'd spot it straight away because okay. humans are just so good So the picture's a lot different, not a little bit different. The picture It'd would probably be just be a little bit different. Like one of the dots might be an at symbol or something, but we humans it's are very visual. good at that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway, so that's just a cool thing they do. So we now have two files. One of them is called tilde slash dot ssh id underscore rsa. That is our private key. And then we have one called tilde slash dot ssh slash id underscore rsa dot pub, which is our public key. And we can use the cat command to have a look at them. So if you say cat tilde slash dot ssh slash id underscore rsa, it will show you your private key. Hang on, on, you're going way too fast. Cat what? Tilde slash dot... SSH slash ID underscore RSA. Yes. Okay. And you will see that your key is quite large. I don't like that. That's annoying. I don't want to look at that. <laughs> okay, but the good thing is, think of how much bigger that is than any password you could ever remember. Yeah. Is someone going to brute force that? No. <laughs> no. Okay. You should also see at the top, it says uh, proc type 4 encrypted because you have a nice encrypted password with triple des. Okay. And then the other one is your public key. It's littler. Also, it's littler because it can be littler. Okay. And that is what you would need to give. And what you should notice at the very end of it, it says, it'll probably say, Alison, at the name of your computer. Where's, oh, yes, it does. 
Okay, which it, which is a little trick it does. That's not part of the key. It's just conveniently added on after the equals equals. And it's there so that when you're looking on a server to see who you've given access, you can very quickly see, oh, that's Bart's key. Uh, okay. it's, you know, it's a little convenience. Okay. Something else that's worth saying. So both of those keys are in a format you may or may not recognize. <laughs> They're in something really common called base64 encoding. Oh, you know, I totally noticed that, Bart. <laughs> well, it is common. And what's really cool about base64 encoding is that you can stick a new line character into it anywhere without breaking it. So in other words, you could paste that into an email, the email client could completely muck up the line endings, and it would still work. So you huh. can safely email this around without it breaking. Okay. Which is the advantage of base64 encoding. And actually, base64 is what's used when you send... If you put a JPEG into an, into an email, it gets broken down into this base64 encoding and then sent because email is actually a purely text medium. Okay. Anyway, I thought that was cool. So you now have a public and a private key, and you would like to use this to log into your second computer, which is owned by you probably, but imagine it was owned by someone else. So what you now need to do is you need to give that key to the person who runs the other computer you want to connect to, and they just have to put it into a special file, which then tells SSH that the owner of the private key may log in. And that special file is tilde slash dot SSH forward slash authorized underscore keys. Okay. And if you put that key into that file, Which you one? can log in. The public. The public key. The public key. So imagine you have your computer and you have five servers you're allowed into. You give that same public key to five different people. They all let you in. You connect with the one private key that you never, ever, ever share with anyone ever. Okay. Does that make sense? A little bit. A little bit. Okay, well, the private right. The private key should just, just never share the private key. If it doesn't end in .pub, you're not supposed to share it. Okay. All right. So we could manually go to that computer, create that file, and copy in that key. And, well, we can do that. We're not going to because we're going to do it the easy way, but you can. One thing I think is very important to point out is that SSH is an absolute, complete, total, and utter stickler for detail on the permissions on that file. And the reason is, if some... Imagine you put that for, imagine you were trying to let me SSH into your computer and you accidentally put write access on that authorized keys file. Then any other user sharing your computer could suddenly log into your account because they could just put their key into that file. Right? Because whoever's public key is in that file can now SSH to your computer. So it's really important that file not be writable. But we by just anyone wrote except it. for the account. But we had to write it. So it's writable. Okay. It's writable by you, you the owner it. of the account. Okay, no, okay. it's okay. The owner of the account can write to it, but no one else on the system can. Okay, so we want some of that chown stuff all over it with a W on, on owner, but not on group or world. Exactly. So what I have in the show notes is a screenshot, or a sort of a, a terminal capture, not a screenshot, of working permissions on a server I use all the time. And you'll see that it's um, authorized keys as or W or or. And the ORs are fine because it's a public key, so it really doesn't matter if anyone else can see it, but it's really important no one can write to it. And what SSH will do if you get the permissions wrong is it will ignore the file. It will pretend the file doesn't exist, which is a safe fail-safe, right? This could have been tampered with, therefore I will not trust it. Okay. And so one of the most common causes of SSH key login not working for people is that the permissions are wrong on the authorized keys file, and SSH is just ignoring it because it doesn't like it. 
I am suspicious. I'm still having trouble with the basic idea of what we're doing here. If I have to log into that computer in order to move this file over there, then why do I need to move a file over there that keeps me from having to log in? Okay, you're going to do the setup once. Yeah. And then you're going to log in without a password forevermore. Hmm. From this computer to that computer. I can't sit at a different computer and do it. Uh, Well, no. I mean, in work, I have my public key sitting on about 100 computers. Okay. But you have to put it everywhere, on every computer to which you're going to SSH into another one, you have to have that public key sitting around. Yes, which you do once. Now, you can manually do it, which is a pain in the backside. But there's there's an app for that, as they say. (laughs) There is a command called ssh-copy-id. And its sole function in life is to put those key files in the right place. Uh, if you're using Linux, you just get SSH copy ID for free. For some reason that I cannot fathom, Apple didn't bother the backside putting it into OS X. Don't know why, they just didn't. However, the open source community has their back. So there is a lovely project called SSH copy ID for OS X. And the link is in the show notes. And basically, you install it by issuing a single command, and it will install itself. So you can copy and paste the command from the show notes or from their website. Okay. Am I supposed to be doing this live along with you? Yeah, absolutely. It takes a second. Okay. When you do it, it will ask you for a I don't know where it is. Okay. So if you see down to simplifying the process with SSH minus copy minus ID is the title heading. Right. And then the first command in there is search with the word curl. Okay. Curl minus L, blah, blah, blah. So copy and paste that whole big glop. Okay. It will ask you for a password. That is your password for sudo because it's going to install. Okay. Mm-hmm. You should see it very quickly. Download two files. Yeah. You're done. Okay. All right. Okay, that's it. You what, did have that, what did that do again? That gave me the ssh-copy-id uh, command. That, you now have that command installed on your Mac, so you can do copy ID. So the copy ID command copies public keys for you. And so you just say SSH minus copy minus ID user at computer. And then you log in once, it does all the copying, and then your keys are in place. And it knows where it knows where to put them? It knows where to put them. It knows what permissions to put on the file. It knows how to do it all correctly. Okay. So in other words, what I do in work when I have a new server I need to start connecting to is I just do SSH copy ID once, and that's it. My key's in place. All right, I'm trying to wake up a computer while we're talking. So <laughs> if you don't hear me for a second, I'm crawling under here to to charge the laptop because my uh, Mac Mini appears to have shut itself down while we're on vacation. Well, maybe you even shut it down because you were going away for so long. Not sure. By the way, the delay is because I keep coming up from under my desk as you ask me questions. <laughs> so <laughs> hang on. No, that may keep going for the audience. Don't wait well, for I've me. I have nothing to say now until you're back. <laughs> or can you still hear me when you're under there? Don't. Uh, <laughs> I can still hear you. <laughs> oh, dearie me. Okay. Once this would we be have funnier this if you stuff. could see it, by the way, because I'm going up and down and up and down. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm about ready to boot up another computer, so now we can go. Okay. So when you SSH to another computer using SSH, it actually tries to use keys before it asks you for your password. So last week, what it was actually doing was silently failing to use a key and then asking us to enter a password. So once we have the keys in place, we don't have to change anything. We just do SSH oh, as usual. Okay. Okay. And so, it will use the key. 
That actually made some sense to me. <laughs> not, okay. not to imply that everything else has been a complete mystery, but I'm catching up. Well, the, the hopefully, usually with these things, it comes together at the end. That's my hope. Okay. So once you have the SSH copy ID done, and then you go SSH to connect to your Mac, you're going to briefly think I've been lying to you all along. Because it's going to ask you for the password that you just created on the private key. And so what I appear to have done is swapped one password for another. Well, wait a minute. No, it's going to be worse than that. Because I can't run SSH copy dash ID and use the password on my public key because my mm. public key isn't over there yet. Right. So if you're copying the key over for yourself, you have to know the password once to, lo to log in and push your key there. If you were doing this, I'll give you some scenarios later where, where the okay. kind of place this is used. But so the first time I'm going to have to use the password to the computer. You are, yes. And the second, if you're doing it this way. So the so, other way you could do it is you could give the other person who, you, who is not you the key and get them to install it for you. But in this okay. case, it's us to us. So it's just easier to use copy ID. Um, so I am going to use SSHS copy dash ID to copy yeah. it over there, but it's going to ask me my, uh, my login credentials first. Your, ba your normal login credentials for the user at computer. Yeah. Okay. All right. I I'm not going to be able to do it instantly because that machine had Takes its battery while. die and it's... Okay, well, to be honest, it doesn't really matter because there's actually very little to see here. Okay. So what will happen is that you will go to SSH in and after you've done the copy ID, it will now ask you for the password to the key instead of the password to your account. So I will have swapped one password for another and you're going to tell me, you promised me convenience. This doesn't seem very convenient. Yeah. This is where the clever bit comes in. So depending on whether you're on OS X or on Linux, it's a different clever bit, but the end result is the same. We can safely save that password so you don't have to enter it and still have its security. So on OS X... SSH is actually tied to the OS X keychain. So when it pops you up for that password, it won't be asking you in the terminal. It will give you a pop-up window with a checkbox that says, save password. And it will securely encryptly save that in your keychain. Which keychain? So in other words, my computer, the OS X system keychain. No, the, which one? Uh, Mine, my computer, the, the one login. I'm logging into? The, your private key will be saved on your computer. So it's your login keychain on your computer where you're SSHing from. Okay. I don't so really right use keychain. Do I have to... Hmm. No, no. It, it'll all happen automatically. You just click the checkbox and it'll be fine. Okay. And then from that moment forth, every time you SSH, keychain will fill in the password for you entirely invisibly. You won't see anything. And you will log in instantly without a password. Okay. So from your point of view it has now become way more convenient. From a security point of view, you now have a giant big key instead of a password, and that giant big key is protected by the password that's on the key, which is safely stored in your keychain. This feels it is so convoluted when I know I can push this little button that says connect as, and it saves my password and my keychain. I know I'm doing all this so I can use the terminal, but... So I can right, okay, but now you're going to have the same convenience on the terminal. You're going to get a pop-up that says, save this password. You're going to go, yes, and that'll be the last time you ever see that password. So the end result is the same. It's like when you're connecting with the Finder, you have to save the password once. You're going to save this password once, and that'll be that. Now, if you're on Linux, you don't have an OS X keychain, obviously, because you don't have an OS X. So on Linux, there's an app for that called ssh-agent. And I'm not going to go into the detail because this is a sort of a Mackie podcast, but if you type SSH-agent tutorial into the Googles, I have checked, they have lots of good answers. 
So at this stage, I'm going to convince you this is worth the effort. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Okay. I'm definitely not buying it yet. Okay. Now, let's condense everything we've done down very quickly into what it actually is once you know how to do it. So you're going to, you get a new Mac and you decide that you want quick and easy SSH access to your iMac or to Steve's Mac or whatever. So once in the entire life of your Mac, you're going to run SSH keygen minus T or SA. That's going to be done once in the entire life of your Mac. You now have a key pair. Oh, so, so if I want to share this with a bunch of different computers, I'm going to put the same private key on all the different computers? Same public key. Your private key never leaves your computer. Okay, public key. All right. Yes, exactly. So in other words, this key generation is done once in the life of the computer. So that's okay. not too difficult. After that, every new computer you want to connect to in the future, you just have to do an SSH uh, copy ID once. No, from that, no, from, I got to log in. I got to give it my first password and then my second password. Well, no, 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 because remember, it's the one private key. So the one time in the entire history of the computer, you click the little checkbox to save password, it will be saved forever. For every computer you ever want to log into, your private key's password, you're going to enter once in your life. Okay. And then it's going to be in your OSN keychain. You're never going to think about it again until you buy a new Until I change computers. Okay. Yeah. So then when you want to add, so okay, so you want to do your, your Mac Mini. You know, do SSH copy ID, SSH minus copy minus ID once to the Mac. You're going to do it once to Steve's computer. How many computers have you got in the house? Four or five at most? Yeah. yeah. So you're going to issue that command four or five times and then once more whenever you buy a new computer. You know, I, I know this has nothing to do with what you're talking about, but it drives me nuts is I can't do any of this unless I know the IP address of the computer I'm trying to log into. And I don't know how to find out what that is. So I've done this before where I was trying to log in from travel. I was trying to SSH into my, my VPN server or something like that. And I didn't know its IP address, so I couldn't do anything anyway. Well, this is why I would always say on your router, you should set static IPs. And we must check. I have to check on the airport how this works. But you should be able to give names to stuff in your network. Leave that one with me. We'll come back to that in a later time in the terminal. Okay. Because it makes it useless to me. It, it's but useless because I can't remember anything. In my house, every computer's name is also... So I can just go ssh-bart-imac.localdomain and it just works. So we, we'll figure out how to make that work for other people in a future episode. Okay. Also, you have a web server that you SSH to. I do. You can use this. You do. Your Bluehost is SSH. Really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you can authenticate to it with a public key instead of with your password. Why would I want to SSH into my web server? <laughs> well, you do to send up files. You're doing S- secure copy or no. SFTP. Right, that's not SSH, that's SFTP. SFTP, the S is SSH, as we're going to discover next week. Okay. I'm struggling with the problem to be solved here, but I'll try to stay with you. Okay, so firstly, so for convenience, right? So you're saying this sounds very convoluted, but it sounds convoluted because a lot of the stuff we did today is something you do once in the life of the computer. Once this is done, you just SSH to the computer and it just happens instantly. So if you want to do some sort of backup script in the future, you can now run it at any time of the night because your password isn't needed. You can just reach in, do a backup, and you're finished. You know, it just becomes... It's very convenient to connect without the password. Now... You have more security than you had before you started, but also it's a form of two-factor auth because you need the key and you need the password to get in. Now, where this really comes into its own is if you have one, thi- one, one computer that multiple people use. So 
I was going to give an artificial example, but maybe let's give a less artificial one. So you went away for three weeks and you had myself, Guy and Alistair running your show. And you created a new password for your Bluehost. You share that password with the three of us and I presume you've now changed it to the one the three of us don't know. Yes? I'm sorry, um, which, which password? For Bluehost, when we, where we, put the, we put the files for the show. Okay. Right. I haven't done anything, Bart. I'm barely, <laughs> barely spelling my own name <laughs> okay, right now. Okay, let's go hypothetical. But yes. <laughs> Imagine you're, 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 you're with some sort of sports club. And there's a couple of you have decided to work together on a website for the sports club. And so you have your code sitting on a computer somewhere and you all SSH to it. So you can have a shared password, right? You can say that the password is open123, all three of you have it. And then a week later, some guy leaves the project. Mm -hmm. So you kind of go, he was a bit cranky when he left. I guess we better change the password. It's now open1234 and you all have it. And, And that works, but it's very, very messy. If you were using public keys for the authentication... You would never have a password. No one would ever know the real password of that computer. You would simply add everyone's key, and when they leave, you take their key out. So when else comes, you put their key in. And so managing who can log into a computer is simply managing the keys. And so if you had done that on your Bluehost server, you, I would have given you my key, Alistair would have given you his key, Guy would have given you his key, and you would have added our keys in for the three weeks you were away and taken them out when you got home. And we would never have had to know your password. Would that help if you're using a, a GUI tool like Transmit to do your SFTP? It would, because Transmit is, yes, it would. Is a GUI to a... Is a GUI to the SSH stuff under the hood. Transmit will see keys. You can, you can tell Transmit to use SSH keys. It has support for it. It's one of the little checkboxes. So does SSH-copy-ID allow me to remove those keys, or do I have to go in and, and no, you go in find and, them? You go in and, well, yeah, but remember, remember I showed you at the end of every key, it says who it belongs to? Yeah. So you go so you and get rid of it? Delete that line, yeah. So it's easier to change my password than it is to go dig those up three times. <laughs> well, you it? can comment them out and then comment them back in next year. Yeah, it's easier to change my password than to remove three keys. Yeah, but then you have to securely tell us your passwords. You had to put it into a little zip file with the password you had to send to us through different means. Yeah, so that's that, true. Uh, yeah. Whereas if it was based on public keys, I could have tweeted it to you. It would have been yeah. secure. Okay. Except it's more than 140 characters. <laughs> okay, I could have emailed it to you and I wouldn't have had to care about the fact that email is terribly insecure. And okay. all, I mean, it, it is, I, I would hate to have to put my password in every time I SSH somewhere. It would drive me absolutely potty. And way, also, I did I finally go through and do it and it just worked and I got the screen that, that you said I should see. Excellent. I thought you were slightly distracted, which tells me you're doing stuff on the terminal. Right, that was right when I went, uh... I think that was my my clever way of answering your question. <laughs> so, I mean, it is easy, right? It, it sounds complicated, but it is actually easy. Yeah. And the other thing is, what we're going to talk about next week is using SSH to transmit files. And one of the protocols you can do over SSH is OrSync. And OrSync is a really efficient backup tool because it synchronizes rather than copying everything. So if only one file changes, only one file gets transmitted. If you have SSH keys, you can have automated backups at 4 o'clock in the morning. They just happen every night. Hmm. So imagine being able to reach into your Bluehost server, do a full backup of your website at 4 o'clock in the morning from the Mac Mini. I actually think that uh, Chronosync uses rsync, right? Chronosync uses rsync. That is yeah, correct. So I'm doing it, but I don't have to know how to do it. 
<laughs> okay, but it's good to know. That is the yeah. point of taming the criminal. Right. <laughs> it takes the magic away. It reveals all the magic and shows how the trick is done. So next week, we're going to look in detail at two different protocols for sending files over an SSH connection, which is SFTP and OrSync. Oh, that sounds fun. Hey, let exactly. me ask you, let me back you up, though, with another question. So um, okay. I did successfully, uh, because I could look right at the computer and ask it what its IP address is, I was able to SSH in by... Uh, uh, by IP address, and I was able to mm -hmm. share the key and copy it over and everything. So now mm -hmm. I looked in the sharing preferences, and this Mac does have a name. Mm -hmm. So it's kyle-sheridan-macbook.local. So okay. now that I've, I've shared my key, uh, and, and it's all connected up and everything, now mm -hmm. I, so I exited and I tried it again. I said SSH, Allison at kyle-sheridan-macbook.local, and it's mm -hmm. saying the authenticity of host, blah, 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 cannot be established. RSA yep. key fingerprint is... Giant long hexadecimal code. Are yeah. you sure you so want to continue? This is what we did last week. Okay, so just say yes for the first time. Well, this is how the do first I know that's the right RSA key fingerprint? It was supposed to show me that pretty picture. No, that okay. So okay, this is an annoying thing. So la remember last, remember last time a month ago, <laughs> which is not a good start to any question. Um, we said that th that is not your key. That's the computer's key. So the first time you SSH to a new name. SSH takes a copy of it so that in future it knows if it's changed. You've never SSH to Kyle-whatever you said before. Mm -hmm. So it's now saving it into your known hosts file. Now, this is nothing to do with the keys you just made. This is just, I have never seen Kyle's computer before. Do you want me to save Kyle's but computer? But it has seen Kyle's yes. computer. I just connected to it. No, I okay. just it doesn't, know, it. it doesn't know that that IP address and that name are the same thing, right? From its point of view, you typed a different set of characters after the at symbol. So it's going to save it you, once you do it once, that's it. It'll be done. So why just did like I need to do the other thing then? If I could have just done this, I didn't have to do any of that no, other no. crap. Hole. This is this is saving the identity of the name. This has nothing to do with logging in. Well, it's, it knows it's that IP address because it says the authenticity of host Kyle-Sheridan-Macro.local parentheses 10.0.1.2, which is what I just SSH'd into. Yeah. From SSH's point of view, if you go in by a different name, it considers it a different computer because what if that name was supposed to be going to a different IP? If last week's show notes will say a month ago show notes will say why yeah just but, me and hit yes and then we can talk about it more offline okay but I don't understand why I wouldn't just do this okay but this isn't going to let you if you hadn't done the keys this would not have let you log in this would, this would only well, have this would then have put you up the password prompt well yes and it didn't it connect, closed the connection that's weird try it again it may have been too slow Nope. I just tried it again and now it lets me in. So it, it, when I told it yes, it said no. And when I didn't tell it, it said yes. Yeah, I'm keeping up. It's great, Bart. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's working now. Okay. And password. you're not entering your password. You're getting straight in and straight out. Right. Which means that you could at four o'clock in the morning copy over lots of files every day. Yeah. Yeah. So we are set <sighs> to learn how to do files. Okay. <laughs> okay, it, it's. I I I, th I understand it. Uh, it does seem like an awful lot of work for the value it does, until you do it a few times. Yeah, I I think what what we need to get to at some point is to where I see the value of what I can do because I could have just clicked that button that said connect on my Mac, that nice little gooey button, and I can drag a file over. So this seems way harder. 
and typing in the password okay, to that computer. Okay, can't run arbitrary terminal commands over Finder. Yeah, you're going to have to show me what I want to do <laughs> to get me to buy in. Okay, well, to be honest, I mean, connecting from Mac to Mac is a bit arbitrary. Usually you'll be connecting out to, like, your web like server you or web something server. useful that you're trying to achieve something on. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. But I mean, so, I have seen a lot of the taming the terminal shows me things that I, I is better and easier and, and more useful in the terminal than it is in the GUI. And this is a case of where it was significantly harder, that's all. Okay, in that case, I can give you a sneak peek of something that's coming at a time I have. I don't know what number it'll be out of N, but it is going to happen before we finish this series, is, you know the way we did a network troubleshooting episode? Yeah. Well, there's another troubleshooting episode coming where what to do when the GUI on your Mac freezes. And step one is get another Mac and SSH into that Mac and then try to recover the situation from the yeah. terminal. Yeah, yeah, I want that one because that has right? happened. It, it happens a lot. And yeah. if you have the SSH keys and everything in place, that's way easier. Okay, okay, good. Oh, by the way, um, on my uh, great India adventure, we were mm -hmm. uh, actually invited on the trip by a guy named Raleigh. And Raleigh on the trip said that he became a Patreon of yours over on your Let's Dash Talk series because of the uh, networking stuff that you'd done on uh, Podfeet.com, on the oh, Nostalgicast. Yeah. So say well, hi, Raleigh. Because, <laughs> hi, Raleigh. And thank you. And it's also you suggested people do that, so thank you. Yeah, there you go. So I thought you'd like that because he uh, he cool. really, really liked the Network Trouble series, shooting series. He even remembered which of N it was. I think he said 18 or something <laughs> like that. So yeah, he was really excited. So. Okay, good. Very cool. All right. Well, I think I'm, I think I'm caught up. I do understand what it's doing now, and you're right. Just sticking with it was the trick to keep listening. Stop whining. <laughs> well, I always whine, but, you know. I always wish I could just jump to the end and just teleport knowledge into people's brains. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we're good uh, until next time, right? Indeed. So until then, happy computing. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Taming the Terminal. Remember that all of the information you've been hearing is available as text tutorials at bartb.ie slash ttt. If you'd like to contact us, you can write to allison at podfeet.com or podcasting at bartificer.net.